0: Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner and I've been waiting for you. And today you and I are going to return to James chapter four. And today we're going to see what the Bible says about judging one another. But the whole series is called partnering with the Holy Spirit and planning for tomorrow and for the future. You might say, what in the world does this series have to do with partnering with the Holy Spirit. Well, we've seen this week that when you grieve the Holy Spirit, it affects your practical partnership with the Spirit of God. My friends, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You want to create an environment in your life where the Holy Spirit is so comfortable that He shows up with His power and with His presence. We need to partner with the Holy Spirit. And tomorrow, we're going to see that with the Spirit's help, we can plan for tomorrow and for the future. This series is amazing and it covers verses that many people are a little afraid to touch, but they're in the Bible and therefore we're covering them and they're really important for us. But you should order the entire series. It's five parts and it comes in multiple formats with a study guide. And the study guide is just loaded, it is huge. It has all the Greek words and the points and the principles. Everything in the series is in the study guide. And we've designed it so you can read it while you see it or while you hear it and really reinforce the teaching of the Bible in your life. And we're believing for a revival of the Bible in the church. But anyway, order yours today by going online or by giving us a call. And right now we're offering you my book, which is called The Holy Spirit and You, working together as heaven's dynamic duo. This book is filled with my testimony about how I discovered a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit. The back of the book says, this book is not meant to be a deep scholarly work, but is a book designed to lead spiritually hungry people like you into a new place in God, a secret place that you've been waiting to find for a long, long time. And if you know anybody that's hungry for the Holy Spirit and has been asking questions, this would be a great book to give to them. So order several, but you can also order it by going online or by giving us a call. And when you become a partner with our ministry, a partner is anyone who regularly, financially, sows their finances into the soil of this ministry so that we can take the teaching of the bible to people all over the world in matthew chapter 28 verse 19 and 20 jesus made a remarkable promise he said go into all the world and teach all nations that's what we're doing people can see this program all over the world we're teaching believers in all nations and then in verse 20 jesus made this promise and lo I'll be with you always, even unto the end of the age. That word low in Greek is the Greek word edu, which means, wow, it is amazing. It carries a sense of bewilderment. Jesus here is injecting his own personal commentary. And wow, it is amazing that my power will be with you even to the end of the age. And it is a divine promise to anyone who takes the teaching of the Bible to the ends of the earth or to those who help others take it. Everyone can't go to the ends of the earth, but you can help somebody else go there with the message. And if you go to the ends of the earth or help others go there, in verse 20, Jesus says, wow, 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 I guarantee you my presence and my power will show up in your life, which means God's power and God's presence shows up in the lives of those who go or in the lives of those who give to help others go. And maybe you can't go to the ends of the earth, but by giving a gift and becoming a partner through your giving, you enable the message to go to the ends of the earth where people are crying out for it. And Jesus says in response, wow, my power will show up in your life. You can bank on that. That is the promise of scripture in Matthew chapter 28 verse 20. But anyway, the moment you become a partner with our ministry, we're going to send you my book which is called Life in the Combat Zone. The subtitle says, "How to survive, thrive and overcome in the midst of difficult situations," and this book is dedicated to our partners. And another book by my wife Denise, which is called The Gift of Forgiveness. We believe these two books are important for our partners. So the moment you become a part of our partner family, we're going to get these in the mail to you. And I want to say thank you in advance. And if you need prayer, remember that we're waiting for the phone to ring right now or for your email to show up in our inbox. Jeremiah 33, 3 gloriously says, call unto me and I will answer you. And then it goes on and I will show you great and mighty things. So if you'll let us know how to pray in faith, We'll cry out to God with you and he will answer and he will show great and mighty things on your behalf. But we will do a better job praying for you if we know how to pray. And if you don't have anyone else to turn to in a time of need, then turn to us. We're waiting for the phone to ring. We really are. We're waiting for your email to show up in our inbox. My friend, we are really serious about praying for you. So let us know how to pray. I'll be back. In just a moment, stay tuned for a
1: teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick.
0: Reach for your Bible. We always use the Bible in this program. And today we're returning to James chapter 4 and we're going to begin looking at verses 11. And, 12. and remember what we've already covered this week in this series. The believers that James is writing to have really behaved terrible, low-level, carnal behavior, slugging it out, not fighting with swords and fists, but they are verbally wrangling with each other. And they're upset because other people have been blessed. And they haven't been blessed yet. Why are you blessed? And I'm not blessed. I live better than you. Why is God blessing you? But God's not blessing me. Why did you receive before I received? Their attitude is just atrocious. And in fact, it is so horrible that in James chapter 4, verse 4, James calls them adulterers and adulteresses, which means They have crossed a spiritual line. It is a violation. Their behavior is so terrible. And in fact, they have reconnected with the world. And James says, what have you done? The way you're behaving is horrible. And the devotion that you're giving to the world belongs only to the Lord. And in the eyes of the Lord, you've crossed a line you should never cross. And you have committed spiritual adultery. And then he said to them, in verse 5, do you not understand that the Spirit that dwells in you lusteth to envy? We covered this in the last two days. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. That word "dwelt," the Greek word kat-oikea, oh, it's so wonderful. From the word "kata," which means down, and the word oikos, the Greek word for a house. You compound the two words together. Kat-oikea depicts one who's moved into a house... He's laid his own rugs on the floor, hung his own pictures on the wall, moved his easy chair into the living room. He has settled down with no intention of ever leaving that place. Therefore, he's not a guest. He's a permanent resident. That's the word dwelleth in James chapter 4, verse 5, which means our heart is not a hotel. Our heart is a house. The Holy Spirit moved in us. And in fact, James goes on to say, The spirit that dwelleth in us, that word in, in Greek is en, the Greek word in, it describes the location, the Holy Spirit's house is inside us, and the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy, that word lusteth, the Greek word epipothe, the word epi means over, but it's used in that word as an intensifier. The word pothe means to desire or to hanker for something, to yearn for something, to pine for something. But when you put the two words together, it's not just a person that wants something. He is doubled over in his pursuit of it. He's bent over. He's hankering for it. He's yearning for it. He's pining for it. And the verse literally means the spirit that has come to dwell permanently in us hankers and pines for us. You know why? Because he wants us completely. That's why we should not share our devotion and our affection with the world. It belongs only to the Lord. And the desire of the Holy Spirit is to have us. And the amazing thing is the Spirit in me longs for me. The Spirit in you longs for you. The Spirit in somebody else longs for them. The Holy Spirit in us wants us and wants every bit of us, every nook and cranny. And it doesn't matter how much you surrender to him today. Tomorrow, he's gonna reveal more areas of your life that you need to surrender to him so he can fill it because he wants us completely. And the verse goes on to say, he lusteth to envy. The word envy being the Greek word pithonos, it describes the emotions of a spouse who has just discovered that his spouse or her spouse has committed adultery with someone else. And rather than say, well, there's nothing I can do about it, that word envy, the Greek word pithonos means, hey, that is my spouse. Their devotion belongs to me, and rather than just wave farewell, they put into plan a rescue operation to bring them back home. And that's why James goes on to say, Wherefore, God resists the proud. The word proud describes the insolent, impudent, stubborn one who refuses to come home by himself. God says, I'm going to let my grace go to work. I'm going to resist that person, get their attention, until finally they wake up, they become contrite, and they come back home to me, and then God tells us he's going to exalt them to the highest place, and restoration is always God's intention. Say amen. God wants to restore everybody, and if you know anyone that has veered, you need to know if they're really a child of God, God will put into plan a secret plan to get them to come back home so he can fully restore them say amen. But today, we're going to begin in verse 11. Now, remember, these believers are bickering. They're squabbling with each other. Why are you blessed? And I'm not blessed. And they're judging each other. Some of them are probably saying, well, the reason that you're so blessed and the reason you're doing so well is because you're so carnal. Anybody as carnal as you is going to make it very fast in the world, but I'm living so holy, I'm suffering more. You're obviously carnal, and they're judging each other. Churches often do this. Sometimes smaller churches look at bigger churches and they say, well, of course, they're bigger because their standard is so low. It's easy for people to attend their church because they don't have to change. It's a kind of a judgment that is really inappropriate. And sometimes bigger churches say to the smaller churches, well, the reason you're so small is because you're so narrow-minded. All of this judgment business creates an environment that's very difficult for the Holy Spirit to work in. So today we're going to look at James chapter 4, verse 11, where James says, Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brethren judges his brother. Wait. The word brother just appeared in one verse three times. James didn't have to repeat that word three times, but he repeats it for the sake of emphasis. Look at it again. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother. Number two, judges his brother. Number three, three times in one verse, he uses the word brother. We'll see why this is important in just a moment. But he says, and judges his brother, speaketh evil of the law and judges the law. But if thou judge the law and art not a doer of the law, but a judge. Verse 12, there is one lawgiver who is able, who is able to save and to destroy Who art thou that judges another? But notice at the very beginning of verse 11, James says, Speak not evil one of another. In Greek, It has the word may, which is a negative, which means he's speaking a prohibition. This is not a suggestion. This is a prohibition. He's speaking in the loudest of terms. He wants them to really hear him. He uses the Greek word may, which is a prohibition. Stop this. Stop this. Don't do this. Do this no more. What were they doing? Well, the Bible says they were speaking evil. The word speaking evil is a compound of two words, The word kata, which means down, and the Greek word leleo, which means to speak or even to carry on a conversation. When you compound the two words together, it forms the Greek word kata leleo, which here is translated speak evil. But listen to what it means. It means to talk down. Quit talking down other people. It means to denigrate someone else. You're talking down about somebody. To speak down. About someone else or to verbally defame a person. And we can only imagine what they were saying again. Well, you're blessed because you're so carnal. Anybody as carnal as you is going to make it further in life quicker. But we that are holy and living right, well, we're suffering more. They were judging each other rather than rejoicing with each other. And here's what you need to understand judgment is in the flesh. The flesh just gravitates toward judgment. You need to refrain from it. Jesus said in Matthew 7, verse 1, Judge not that you be not judged, which means this is a law that is reciprocal. If you move into judgment, it's going to come back to you. And in this verse, James says, Speak not evil. Again, catalileo. quit denigrating each other, quit talking down each other, quit verbally defaming and assaulting one another. And then he says, one of another, which means each other describes something that is reciprocal. So we find this was going back and forth among the believers that James is writing to. They were all judging each other for various reasons. And he says, speak not evil, one of another brethren. And that word brethren appears in this verse three times. The Greek word adelphos, interestingly, a word that James uses over and over and over in the book of James. The word delphos is the Greek word for a woman's womb. If you put an A on the front, it's two or more born out of the same womb. And James uses this to describe fellow believers. Well, we're all born out of the womb of God. We are all related in Christ. But it was a term technically used to describe two or more who were born from the same womb. It was an endearing term to describe those of one's own family, but later it was used in a militaristic sense to depict brothers in battle, hence comrades, brotherhood. He says, hey, guys, we're all in the same family, and not only that, we're in the trenches together, so please quit defaming one another. We need one another. We have our brotherhood. We are comrades. Three times in verse 11, he uses this verse. The silliest thing you can do is to defame those that are fighting alongside of you. You need their help and they need yours. Quit verbally slugging it out with them is what James says. Then he continues and he says in verse 11, Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil, speaketh evil, again is repeated, the Greek word katalileo from kata, which means down, The word laleo, which means to talk or to converse, quit verbally talking each other down, quit denigrating each other, quit judging each other. And then he goes on and he says, he that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother. Well, the word judge is the Greek word krino. The word krino is a very well-established word in the New Testament. used all over secular Greek from the first century. And here's what it means. It is a word that usually referred to a jury who just handed down their final sentence in a court of law. A verdict or a final sentence pronounced as the result of a court trial. After all the evidence has been presented and the judge has examined all the facts, a final verdict is issued by the court and the same word judges, the Greek word krino, can be used to describe one being judged by the court of public opinion, public opinion. Now we find that these believers who are comrades, they should be fighting together. They're in the trenches together. They're judging each other. And the court of public opinion in the church is against one for the other, all kinds of judgment taking place inside the church. And James says, this is evil speaking. Look at it. James 4.11, speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother, again, speaketh evil. He that's talking down, denigrating, judging somebody else, judges his brother. There's the word brother again the third time in this verse. And then he goes on in verse 11, says, and speaks evil of the law. What law is he referring to? The law of liberty, which James writes about in James chapter 1, verse 25, where he talks about the law of liberty that liberates us and changes our life. It is the law of Christ, which also involves forgiveness, love, kindness. James is saying, my friends, you're violating the law of Christ, the perfect law of liberty. This is wrong what you're doing. This is a violation. You're judging the law. Then he says again in verse 14, But if thou judge the law, what law? The law of Christ, the law of kindness, the law of forgiveness, the law of love. If thou judges the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. Doer of the law. What in the world does that mean? Well, in Greek it has the word ouk," which is emphatic. It means absolutely not. And the word poietes which is the word for doing something. It's where we get the word for a poet. Poema is the word for a poem. Poietes is where you get the word for a poet. It describes one who creatively is about doing something. He says, rather than living in the law and fulfilling the law, you are not fulfilling the law. You're not actively involved in walking it out yourself if you are preoccupied with just judging somebody else. Get your eyes off of others. Get your eyes on yourself. Quit judging others and making all these judgments about why they're blessed and why you're not blessed. Just get out of it. And you need to focus on doing the law of Christ. Do the law of Christ. Be a doer of it and not a judge. Then in verse 12, he says, There is one lawgiver, and the one lawgiver is God. It is Christ. He's the one that has the rights to judge. Not us, and he says, "Who is able to save and to destroy? Who art thou that judges another?" But notice what it says about Jesus here. There's one lawgiver. He gave the law. He gave the commandment. He is able. Oh, that word "able." Oh, it's so powerful. The word "able" is a Greek word, "dunaminos." He is the one that has the ability, the superhuman power. It comes from the Greek word "dunamus." which describes the full might of an advancing army, the same word which was used by the Greeks to describe a force of nature like an earthquake or a hurricane or a tornado. It describes the immense power that Jesus possesses. And this verse says he has immense power, supernatural power to save... The word save is the Greek word sozo, which means really to heal. He has the power to heal, but it conveys the idea of total salvation, healing, deliverance, preservation. He has the power to do it all. And he is also the one that has the power to destroy. The Greek word apolumi, to undo, to untie, to punish, to bring retribution against. Don't get in the judgment business. That belongs to the Lord. And then he says, who art thou that judges another? The Greek actually says, who, however, are you? Who in the world do you think you are that you have the right to judge another? And the word another that is used here has a definite article. The Greek says, to plesion. It means your neighbor, the one living near you, the one next to you. And here we find that this judgment that they were experiencing with one another was nearby. They were judging people near them, looking around them. Well, let's see, you're blessed, I'm not. Well, you received quicker than that one. I wonder why you received quicker than this person. You must be more carnal, and therefore you've made it faster in the world. All kinds of judgments going on. And James says, hey, get out of the judgment business and give yourself to the law of Christ. There's one lawgiver. Leave all the judgments with him and don't participate in the court of public opinion. And let me tell you, friends, that when you move in judgment, it's very difficult for the Holy Spirit to work through you and you need to partner with the Holy Spirit. I'll be back in just a moment and I'm going to pray for you. Do you know
1: how to partner with the Holy Spirit and work with God? Do you know what to do to make the Holy Spirit feel comfortable in your life and how to throw open the door for him to do powerful work in your life? In this five part series, partnering with the Holy Spirit and planning for the future, Rick Renner teaches you how to roll out the red carpet to welcome the Holy Spirit's partnership in your life. What to do if you grieve the Holy Spirit and feel you've lost something spiritually along the way. How the grace of god can change everything in your life how the holy spirit can help you plan for today tomorrow and the future available in digital or physical formats starting at just ten dollars this series is a life changer in addition to this teaching series you can also get the book the holy spirit in you in this book rick will bring you to an intimate relationship with the holy spirit and show you how to operate in spiritual gifts You can know the Holy Spirit intimately, and be better equipped to partner with him in every area of your life. But you need to know how to do it. This powerful book can be yours for just $15. Don't delay ordering your copy. These two powerful teachings are available to you today. The series, Partnering with the Holy Spirit and Planning for the Future, and the book, The Holy Spirit and You. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.
0: Hey, friends, this is Rick Renner. And right now, I'm standing in what's going to be the future studio for our television ministry in Moscow, Russia. Who would have ever believed that we would be broadcasting the Word of God from Moscow to the ends of the earth, but that's exactly what's happening. Romans ten eighteen says their words will go into all the world, their voice to the ends of the earth, and it's really happening. And my friends, we're constructing the studio. Look at it. The walls are starting to go up, and within just two weeks, this entire building will be standing with the roof, the doors, the windows, everything. And then the work begins on the interior. And I get so excited thinking that right where I'm standing is where I'm going to be seated looking into the camera to teach the Word of God to people all over the world who are crying out and who are saying, God, please send us someone with teaching that we can trust. I believe that's our assignment. Proverbs 10.21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many. And I know our job is to feed many the Word of God, and we do it because of the anointing and because of your help as partners. Thank you for being part of the giving team that's making this come to pass. And if you're not already a part of the giving team, please, would you pray about joining us to help us make this dream become a reality? We're off to a good start, but we need to finish and we need as many people as possible to participate. So I welcome you to our giving team, and I thank you in advance for everything that you're going to do. Well, today we've talked about judgment. Jesus said in Matthew 7, verse 1, Judge not that you be not judged. Judgment is reciprocal. What you give comes back to you. And rather than get in the judgment business, why don't you just get into the business of fulfilling the law of Christ? That's what James tells us to do. And if we'll walk in the law of Christ, it will create such a wonderful atmosphere that the Holy Spirit will mightily work in our lives. But hey, I want you to order the whole series, which is called Partnering with the Holy Spirit and Planning for Tomorrow and the Future, which is what we're going to discuss tomorrow. And it comes with a study guide. And we're also offering you right now my book, which is called The Holy Spirit and You Working Together as Heaven's Dynamic Duo. But I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for anyone that's been ill-affected by judgment, that you would liberate them from those effects in Jesus' name and help them to move into the law of Christ, the law of liberty. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you tomorrow. But remember, Ecclesiastes 8:4, where the word of a king is, there's power.